what? I really miss those old weekends where I used to go to the cinema having popcorn in one hand, soft drink in the other, and watching the new movies with friends and discussing everything about them, like pros. Whether it's about acting, storytelling, direction, those fancy costumes, and even the location. Also having bet whether it will go ahead or not. And believe me, as a kid, I always fancy about how I can enter into the screen. I still do. Though on that time, I was not aware of the satellite process. Crazy. Though, thanks to the new technology, where things haven't changed much, Except you are on your bed and having more comfort than ever. It's just size of the screen got smaller. Isn't it? Hey everyone, I'm Fiyas Chitiva and you're listening to Training Diary, the podcast. Your journey to connect with ideas, stories, experiences and people starts now. So today I'm joined with Mr. Jungyoon Kim who is an award-winning creative producer with experience in developing and producing narrative and documentary films in the US, Germany, Taiwan, and other countries. Jungyoon's previous films have been showcased and won awards at Berlin International Film Festival, Busan International Film Festival, Austin Film Festival, The DJ, and much more. His previous projects have been supported by Alfred Peace Loan Foundation, which is a well-known name in automotive industry, Princess Grace Foundation. He is also the recipient of Hollywood Foreign Press and won the Charbrick Award for Special Distinction in Line Producing. Also, Mr. Kim has been the part of Emmy Award-winning television shows such as Mozart and Jungle and Transparent. So today we are going to discuss how COVID has altered the future of cinema and changes in the showbiz. Very excited to have this creative man on the show. Tune in. Hey, Jungyoon, how are you? Hey, I'm good, Priya. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. So how's it going today? It's good. Uh, New York actually had some snow over the past uh, couple days. And so it's been a... I think we'll have a winter, uh-huh. wintry snow Christmas. Uh, you're going to have a great Christmas then. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, how was your pandemic? How did you spend it? Uh, was it a creative one or irritating one? What? How was it? The Oh, you mean the pandemic. when when it was snowing? That was when it was pandemic, when everyone was locked down in the house. Oh sure. Oh, the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the it was it was kind of a it was kind of both. I, I would say that uh, there was a lot of introspective uh, questioning uh-huh. as you know as as how the world should proceed forward, right? Right. Um, and then and then once that point was sort of over, okay. So then what what do I do? How can I help? What do I you know what do I have to change? So it was a lot of I think uh, very first internal thinking you know as the world was going through it together and then now it's trying to externalize what i think can and should work and or the you know should be mm-hmm. got you talking about your uh, your journey your story game you were also a veteran and served in the army as a sergeant and a squad leader 
so so how this <laughs> journey took place you know from the army from a service background to the storytelling and the glam world how did it happen <laughs> well uh that's a great question um so the uh so i am you know i'm i'm a korean citizen and so as as being a korean citizen um we have to all men have to serve in the military it's a compulsory service uh-huh. uh and so for me i didn't really have a choice i uh you know it was just a matter the choice that i did have was at what point in time i wanted to serve in the military i would say um but how it i think helped me shape sort of this uh, storytelling perspective is that uh you know when when you're in the military you really get to meet all sorts of people um and especially when the military service is mandated so when it's mandatory you really get to meet all kinds of people mm-hmm. you know um and so i think in that way it really helped me just to meet you know people that are very different from me that that really come from very diverse you know backgrounds uh and i think just having those kinds of conversations uh it really i think helped me really expand even my own world mm-hmm. uh and of course post military you know it really helped us to you know navigate oh hey like what how will my film how will this film communicate and and you know and 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 can be and can be told to all those kinds of types of people right because i think that we're so used to being you know within our network within the people that we always communicate yes. right and so it's actually quite a it's a quite a small circle if you really think about it um and so when that circle is sort of forced upon and when it's new all the time which kind of the military experience is because you have always people leaving and always people coming in and so it was uh, i think that in that way it really helped uh, shape uh, i guess my journey you know of being a filmmaker mm-hmm. interesting and aspiring too yeah <laughs> uh, so so also the pandemic if you talk about the pandemic it led a lot of people you know to stay at home and even affected many businesses even cinema too and film fla- mm-hmm. fans had flocked online during the lockdown so as the restrictions ease what's going to happen you know to revive the cinema going and restart shoots what it would look like because you are in this industry yeah well you know i think that's the million dollar question that everyone is predicting and talking about exactly. i would say uh and and i think that it's you know my i think my presumption and this is again just i think just my thought after following everything that's going on right i think that for me i don't think the theater watching you know going to a movie theater will will you know i don't think that'll forever disappear mm-hmm. uh you know i i think that there are movies that you can watch at home mm-hmm. you know uh, whether that's through netflix uh you know there there are obviously many many streamers you know amazon mm-hmm. you know uh HBO I mean literally every streamer mm-hmm. listed can be possible there um but I also think there are films that 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 should be also watched at theaters mm-hmm. right and that's not just the sound and the big screen and I think a lot of it is also watching film with an audience mm-hmm. and I think that's a very specific experience uh you know I think and and I think that's why theaters for me at least will not 
you know, it, it will not disappear. Maybe it might change in terms of maybe it's not as big. Maybe it's not as, you know, frequent. Maybe it's not as many, you know. Um, but I do think that theater world will definitely be there. Now, in terms of shooting, mm-hmm. well, you know, what's interesting is there, uh, in, the film shooting has been obviously difficult, but there are still are shoots, many shoots still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a way, it I don't think it was dramatically decreased of course you know the bigger shoots you know it's costing a lot more money Mm -hmm. because you know the covid planning um, requires you know another 10 to 20 percent depending on what the budget is uh, of an additional expense Uh, um, but you know i think that what we're going to see more is um, as the vaccines come out and of course the entire world has to be sort of to be involved in this you know you can't just be you know, India or America or, you know, just one country that has vaccines, right? Uh, But I do think it's going to really, I hope, you know, um, there will be some, a lot of production happening after vaccines. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of, a lot will happen very fast because, you know, a lot of people have been watching a lot of content, you know, there's a lot of, a lot in there. Right. (laughs) Uh, uh, But, you know, I think that content is you know people that's what people you know it's what we do right we, whether it's you know a youtube content or 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 you know watching a movie i think that we always you know or reading a news we're always consumed by content yes right and so i think that there's going to be a huge push uh for 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 more films for more content maybe maybe very diverse different kinds of content you know i don't think people are going to be necessarily wanting to watch, you know, many, many, many sad movies, you know, as, as, you know, um, you know, maybe it's time for people to find some, you know, healing through some content, whether it's, you know, you know, it's not, not necessarily happy movies, but, you know, movies that really offer a chance for the audience to reflect and to heal. Yes. Uh, and so I think that there's some potential there in terms of what we can expect uh, in terms of, you know, what kind of films to, to watch, you know, in the future. Exactly. And, you know, even I was about to say, like, as we are observing, there's a huge shift from cinema to the OTT streamings and much and much people are getting into the zone of whether you name it Netflix, Prime, Movie, Hotstar and many more. So so, mm-hmm. so how it affects you as a producer, filmmaker, whether you name it in terms of creation, profits, reaching out to the right o- audience, uh, how did it affect? Yeah, well, I think that, first of all, we, you know, it's an industry that has always changed. Yeah. Um, and so as a producer, you know, we're really the manager of, of the production. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, what we have to first, you know, there's really multiple components that I think things are changing. Um, you know, there's always the creation process, but the part of the creation process is really it's a three-step process. Uh, so, you know, from a ideation where, you know, whether it's an idea or from a screenplay um, and then the execution, which means, you know, you're then shooting the stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then the very last part, which is distribution, which is kind of what we just talked about. Netflix, Prime, Movie, mm-hmm. Hotspot, you know, Hotstar, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think what I'm anticipating is that, for um, you know, during the pandemic, what has not been affected are the you know, the writing process that can be done without any sort of, you know, human contact. 
So there's a lot of ideation, I think, that a lot of, you know, that there's a, this, that's already evolved, I would say, with the introduction of all the video. My thought on that is, I think, you know, the involvement of the ideation process has already changed. You know, I think that people have realized that, you know, you don't have to live in LA or, you know, especially if you're based in Hollywood to go make movies. You know, that's already, mm -hmm. that has always sort of been the case. I, I think that's always been a, a lingering discussion, whether you have to be in LA to make movies. Um, but I think, you know, because of a pandemic, uh, a lot of people are everywhere and they, and people are still writing and people are still very much putting together their ideas. So I think in that sense, the pandemic really helped answer that, <laughs> which is you don't have yeah. to be anywhere. You can be literally anywhere in the world, you know, and can still produce something. So I think as a producer, that's exciting. I think as a producer, hopefully, um, you know, that means that I'm able to not just constantly work with the, you know, the local talent, but, you know, hopefully, you know, expand sort of my, my own bandwidth and be able to find writers from all over the world and potentially collaborate because now we're also used to being on Zoom, on Google Hangout or whatever uh, mm -hmm. to, you know, to get stuff done. So I think in that mm -hmm. sense, that's exciting. Uh, the production part, you know, obviously that's kind of been the most affected. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't right now, you know, unless we are able to build drones that can do things for us. But even then there's so much of the creative process involved when you're on set uh, filming something. Uh, you know, I think that's just something it'll just sort of be as is for now. Uh, and then I would say in terms of the last part, which is distribution, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen the power of Netflix. We've seen the power of Prime. You know, we've seen all these streamers that offered sort of a new avenue. I mean, it, it was it has already existed, but um, yeah. I think that people are just so much more. I think it just kind of forced people to watch it, you know, on it, you know, watch on their home screen and be okay with it. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, I do think, you know, now as a producer, I have to think about okay, well, you know, as 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 a, as a as a watcher, as an audience, would I, you know, at home, you know, with I don't know, four or five kids, two kids, three kids, with you know, a full time mm -hmm. job and everything, do I want to watch a two and a half hour movie? Or do I want to mm -hmm. go watch a 30 minute, one hour TV show, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think those are some things that I think about, you know, as I'm even developing. So they're all kind of connected. All three steps are very much connected. So, you know, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what I've been thinking about personally and how I can, you know, how I can sort of produce in, in this quote unquote new world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also, also I what I believe is like the future of cinema is very much ripe with the opportunity for innovators and also the creativity, as you have mentioned. So mm -hmm. what do you what kind of content, storytelling do, do we have or we as an audience can expect in future? And you think and you personally think it's important for the younger generation because you know younger generation somewhere is very much influenced by these movies and even these movies are the reflections of the society. Mm -hmm. So whether you name it in terms of values, right values, entertainment, what are your thoughts on that the world of cinema can, you know, play a great role in the world of movies or what kind of content should be there? Absolutely. I mean, I think that the, uh, you know, I think we kind of talked about this, but, you know, I think that more and more people are going to, 
uh, want to watch something that that helps them feel a little better about the world, right? I think mm-hmm. that we've seen, you know, in some parts of America, especially, we've seen the worst of America, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the pandemic has really brought a lot of restrictions and limitations to all those young kids too, you know? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, I cannot imagine being a, uh, being a teenager or, you know, going to elementary school and I can't, you know, go and meet my friends because of this pandemic. I really cannot imagine that. And so, you know, these young children, um, you know, and these young genera- younger generations really have seen something at, you know, at, and felt something, right? That, that mm-hmm. you know, that, I mean, and I, of course, every generation is dealing with this differently. And so, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that we will have hopefully a much, you know, a generation that is much more tech driven obviously, and they kind of, you know, have to really, I mean, they rely almost, you know, their entire education, not just communication, but, you know, education based on this. And so I think that, you know, there's a lot of potential for innovation there, you know, and, you know, Mm -hmm. in America, healthcare, that's, you know, I think, I hope that the pandemic has really gave another major lesson there. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of innovation to be had for younger generations, you know, on that. In terms of content, I think, you know, uh, you know, there will always be the people that want to go watch superhero movies, but you know, uh, I think that more people are going to, you know, you know, I don't think you know anyone really right now wants to go watch a quarantine themed movie. You know, I don't think anyone go. I don't think anyone wants to watch a COVID movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's something for me is you know if a movie can talk about if the theme of the film can, you know, is bringing people together, not, you know, necessarily destructing them, you know, um, what do people do during the most desperate times? You know, I think that there's a lot of sort of moral questions that we've all asked, you know, in, in this very long time of, of course, of, pen, of this pandemic. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and something that I think what's also true is, uh, just because we all went through the pandemic, it does not mean everyone went through it the same way, right? Yes, um, right. And, and, you know, and so I think that that's also something t- is like what we really realized too is, you know, everyone was affected so differently. And so I think being able to not judge one another, you know, so easily, you know, being, mm-hmm. just being more, you know, being, just being really kind to one another. And I think, you know, mo- if, if movies can, have those kinds of messages behind them, I think those movies will really succeed just because I think that's what people want to watch right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you said it uh, so beautifully that we need kind of content which which will heal, you know? Mm. So it's, it's about the morals that as a producer or anyone, because you are into this industry, so as a filmmaker, you or any of the one in the similar one can see what right values we are approaching people with. So it's really important to have this positivity in everything. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, th- I think that positivity is what changes the world, you know, and, and I think, exactly. you know, and I think it's also very, it's, you know, it's very, uh, you know, I think the, the positivity itself is, you know, it's, it's kind of a, its own pandemic in a way, you know, you know, we, we pass it on to another and, and, you know, and, and, and I think it, it just has that beautiful synergetic 
you know, affect to, to one another. And so I think that's kind of, yeah, I mean, that's what we need, right? That unity, that connectiveness, mm-hmm. right? Also, also, what do you think that there is a good and worst involvement in the showbiz till now? Because obviously, as you said, that this is an industry full of change means mm-hmm. changing at a pace like more than any other business. Mm-hmm. So what is the one good involvement till now? And what is the one first involvement you think till now? Yeah. Um, Whether you say it yeah. in the Hollywood or in Bollywood, <laughs> you can include both. But what is the one thing? Well, you know, I think that at least, you know, at least for for sort of in the world of Hollywood, right? I think that the mm-hmm. the good involvement um, mm-hmm. is that I think people will always find ways to consume content, right? It's not mm-hmm. it's not like you know when this pandemic hit, everyone you know everyone said, well, I don't want to go watch movies, go go watch TV shows, I don't want to go watch music, you know. I think that actually more people, you know, went and went out of their way to find new music, find new movies to watch, you know. And so, mm-hmm. sort of the new involvement really is that. You know, sometimes, yes, we are overwhelmed by information and very much, you know, something somewhere like Netflix. Every time I go on Netflix, I feel stressed. I don't know what to watch. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, wow, there's so much here. Right. And so I resonate <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's a stressful process. Like sometimes I wish that, yeah. you know, it, it would just tell me based on the algorithm that they already know of my watching patterns of being like, hey, maybe tonight you should go watch this. Right. Um, And so, you know, I do think that the good involvement is that, you know, sort of in a way, I'm glad that Netflix was there already in that way, so that people, all people had to do was like, well, I can't go to theaters, let me just go to Netflix, you know, you know, I'm sure a lot of people had Netflix before, but I think for sure, this really kind of guaranteed everything, right, of like, well, the only way to go watch movies right now is through these platforms. So in that way, I think we really was, you know, were able to anchor in on this, you know, uh, you know, whether you want to call it a substitute or the new thing of, of, of watching movies at home. Uh, and so that's, mm-hmm. I think that's really, I mean, you know, I think that's just evolved, you know, very slightly, but in a, in a, in a good way. I also think that at least also in Hollywood, um, there, there's a, a higher demand for, um, you know, voices, you know, people of color, you know, those kinds of new voices. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, I personally am very excited about you know, filmmakers of all race coming in and being able to tell stories. And I think that's why, you know, streaming platforms are so great, um, you know, because they're, mm-hmm. they're really everywhere. And so, you know, I think that's what's really great. Um, you know, in fact, you know, I was talking to a producer who uh, had, uh, who had produced this uh, Netflix's big, the biggest show thus far called The Queen's Gambit. And uh, that's amazing. Uh, oh, God. Uh, you've that's seen a, the show? Yes, I, this is the, my recent watch, so it's amazing. I must appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, it, I, I had a great time watching the show as well. And, you know, yeah. and what, what, you know, what he had told me was, you know, you know I mean, those are, you know, he doesn't know the full data because Netflix doesn't tell them the entire data, but it was hundreds of millions of views that people had watched that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, I think... Yeah. Uh, you know, sure, like as a producer, you know, you have to always think about the bottom line, the bottom line, meaning, you know, you know, you know, money and recuperation of the budget, right. Uh, but, you know, but hearing that, you know, millions of people 
you know, hundreds of millions of people have seen that show. I mean, that's incredible, right? I mean, that's the power, I think, of streaming. Um, and so, you know, I think that's what's really amazing is, to, is that, you know, our, our next sort of new way of watching content, whether, you know, also that's really scary, you know, because mm -hmm. as producers, we have to also, again, think about the bottom line. Uh, but, you know, mm -hmm. the, the fact that the streamers are there, you know, it exists to help us sort of in that way too. I think that's also kind of what's exciting. Um, now, I think for a worse evolvement, uh, you know, I, I think that you know, obviously what we have to, you know, figure out is when it's, I, I think I, I can, I mean, I can go on my whole different tangent about how streamers and streaming platforms can also be bad for the business. Uh, you know, um, mm -hmm. but I think for now, I would say the, what I think I would just say what the challenge right now, and that we have not found a way to evolve right now is, uh, is how film production can be really shot in, in, in a way that that really makes sense, you know, um, mm -hmm. because, you know, I don't think, you know, sure, like it costs more money to make stuff, right. But I think, you know, if you're a big studio, you know, if you're a big studio based in Bollywood or in Hollywood, you know, that's, you know, they have that extra kind of, you know, funding to then do so, right? And so the only movies that are being shot right now that are, you know, are really, you know, you know, either are the really, really big budget movies, you know, from Warner Brothers or from Netflix or whatever, uh, or they're like the opposite, like the super, super micro, very, very little budget movies, you know, because those movies you can make, you know, I mean, you can really make movies with you know, three, four, five people, mm -hmm. right? And so the, I think that's kind of what's sort of, it just sort of put the outliers, I think, sort of in that way. And, and so, you know, we need to find a way to put sort of all the middle players back into the system and in, in, in a right way, in a healthy way, in a, in a way that's, you know, that's going to be safe for everyone. So I think that that's still a huge question. And I, I don't right now, I don't foresee a huge involvement there just in terms of how, you know, how an onset experience or how a filming experience will, you know, will, will, will be bulletproof in terms of, you know, COVID, you know, I think there's a, still a risk that people take, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered yeah. the, the, the latter part of the question, but I think at least, you know, yeah, I think that's kind of where things are, at least in the showbiz right now. Yeah, can understand this dilemma of risk taking, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, also, also, can in many countries, you know, censor board is something which is controlling, or you you say it's filtering the content, whether you say it in terms of films, the kind of web series that should be should, that should be streamed. Mm -hmm. And if I talk about India, this has become a topic of debate recently. So maybe it's this thing it has been presented in many countries before, maybe in Hollywood as well. When I checked it the last time, it, it's in many countries, including Singapore and many others. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? You know, is it a smart move that uh, one censor board or some, you know, community of people would be sitting with filtering the content? What kind of content should reach to the audience or not? Or it should be a completely in the hand of audience that they should have the power to decide or not mm -hmm. so what do you think i mean i i agree i think that that's definitely the way it should be you know um mm -hmm. i think that's why you know 
you know, in America, you have MPAA, you know, and, you know they, they provide the ratings of the movie so that at least you're aware of it, right? And so that, you know, too many, you know, you know, you know people who shouldn't be there, you know, are, are, aren't also going there. I think that the, the really the, the difficult part too is if, you know, if people are watching, you know, you can watch Netflix on an iPad or an iPhone, right? And so if you're a, if you're a kid and you somehow, you know, you know, the only sort of barrier from you being able to watch mature content is just knowing your mom's or your dad's password. You know, I think, I think there's, a, I think, you know, I think that we've, I think that's also kind of, you know, that's risky and that's kind of dangerous. You know, I think there's always been censorship, you know, whether it's our parents telling us not to do something or to not watch something, you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, censorship has always been there, you know, in, in the sort of the, you know, always sort of the eyes of someone who's trying to protect you from something. Right. And I think, when a government is doing that, or, you know, I think, I, th I do think that does really, you know, at that point, you know, you really do have to ask the question of who is it really protecting, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so for sure, you know, I think that I, I'm a firm believer that, that you know, the audience are smart enough to, to make that kind of self-conscious, you know, decision, you know, what, and what is best for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, for me, I would have to say I don't think it's the smart move at all when uh, it, you know, if if the government is controlling what 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 you know, what the people should watch. Mm -hmm. But it might also, but this the, but this view might also be a very American view. You know, I think that, you know, uh, you know, obviously, you know, there's censorship in India, China, you know, Singapore. You know, I think that the you know. I think it would be actually a really interesting topic of discussion to have, and then why some people who might believe censorship is good for you. Like, I'm I'm curious to know why that is too. You know, <laughs> you know, somewhere I really agree upon this fact. You know, because even at home we have grown up somewhere. You know, like parents are keeping eye that whether my child is watching some good things or not. What mm. my girl is going to watch, my boy is going to watch. When we got mature and we are, you know, loaded with such kind of things, whether it comes of so much negativity or sometimes it comes of the things that we are not supposed to consume. Mm -hmm. So I'm very much in this favor of where a uh, censorship board is filtering something good for the people. Mm -hmm. So even I don't mind with such kind of thing, but, but as I, I, as I shared that recently in India, this censorship, has become a part and it become a topic of huge debate so yeah what, it's interesting to see what people are thinking yeah i mean what what is what is being what is being censored there right now actually the kind of web series that had been produced on the ott platforms mm -hmm. especially you know last previous two three years it was full of full of you know more of abusive words and nudity something mm -hmm. So, yeah, and mo the more focus was on more of abusive words, you know. So, means it, ha it had been seen like since three, four years, the, the, the younger generation has completely become a slang language from a gentleman one. Mm. So, uh, after watching the kind of change in people, the kind of change in the mentality, uh, censorship or maybe this whole industry had took this decision and personally if someone asked me I, I find it a smart decision I find, find it a good decision very yeah. you know 
very good decision yeah wow. yes, and, fine. And, do you, and do you feel that that could be just a right now a generational you know sort of a difference like a gap of, of thinking do you think that if the people now you know 20 years from now do you think the censorship would be better or do you think it's just it'll just sort of always be people that are on one side versus the other I, I guess if we are talking about censorship it, uh, and talking about the content which should not be consumed, it should apply to everyone. Mm. You know, if I'm say, saying it's negative, it's negative for an 18-year kid, it's negative for a 25-year mm. kid. So there's nothing a matter of the age, but it's the matter of the content. What I believe that you're not supposed to only restrict the age, but you are also supposed to filter the things for each and every person because... You know, everyone is sensitive to things. Mm. You can't say a 30-year-old uh, girl won't take something bad happening very personally, that 18-year-old kid. Means there may be a same maturity level, maybe not. But still, if we are talking about that, you have to filter slang, you have to filter negativity. It's for all, what I believe. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, mm. I, I, I absolutely agree. And I think that the... You know, for me, some of the, you know, some of those movies that were really memorable were movies that were really shocking, not because they were just shocking out of like a value, um, but, you know, the, some of those mm -hmm. movies themselves actually have a, a, a extremely important and a valuable lesson, you know, to be learned, right? Um, yeah. yeah. And so like, I, I really believe that. I think that, you know, um, you know. I, I, I do think art is a, a subject, it's a very subjective platform and, uh, you know, people should be yes. able to, you know, we learn, we, you know, we watch stuff, I think, of course, to get to, to get and to be distracted from, you know, quote, quote unquote, the reality. But uh, I think there's also a lot of ways and a lot of, you know, and there's a lot of people that also watch content to learn, you know, to educate themselves and to, yes. to, to inform themselves from, you know, of the world and from the world and of culture. And so, yeah, I have it for me. I, I agree with you. I think that the, you know, censorship should, you know, it shouldn't, you know, the censorship should really help govern people and not necessarily the other way to limit people. Exactly. And also, you know, I was like about to come to this point, like just share some of the best movie that, you know, you appreciate a lot, whether you said it in terms of storytelling, whether you said it in terms of acting, or anything so one of one of you one or two movies that you appreciate personally as a producer um whether it's your own or someone else <laughs> oh, no, i would i would never put my own just because you know i don't i don't you know there are so many so many amazing incredible you know leg you know legendary you know movies out there um and that's a really it's i think i think those i think that's a really good question uh and it's a really tough one because i think that uh for me you know, I think what, what's really kind of interesting about movies is as you get older, as you experience something new, you appreciate something new mm -hmm. about something, you know, else, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I would just mm -hmm. say, I would just say for now, uh, the, you know, one movie that I really have a, a special place is, uh, is uh, Vegabond uh, by Anya Varda. Um, uh it's it's a it's a she's a you know 
she's a, she, you know, she's, she's the grandmother of the, you know, the French new wave. Um, but, you know, that film just in terms of the greediness, which I love about any film is I love the, sometimes the greediness of the film, like the tough sort of the core of life, you know, uh, and the film kind of has that mm-hmm. told by a, a woman protagonist. Um, um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so, yeah, so there's, there's that. And then this year, I also uh, particularly loved uh, uh, a, a film called Minari. Um, it was a, it's a, a Korean immigrant film that comes, you know, you know, an immigrant that comes to, to America, but not just any part of America, but a very white rural America. Um, it was uh, the Sundance winning film this year. Uh, and uh, now it's kind of playing limited uh, you know, releases here and there because of COVID. Um, but I thought that, you know, what was incredible about that, you know, about that film in particular is the, um, you know, it talks about, uh, it talks about sort of sacrifice in a, in a very different way. Um, sort of, you know, the, 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 you know, America being the country of a lot of immigrants, right? It, you know, it sort of talks about how the, you know, the, the first generation, like, so, the, so, the, so the parents that go to make the sacrifice, sacrifice for their kids, you know, it's usually they're the one who makes kind of this, you know, in their own way, the most, you know, they kind of drop everything that they have, right? And to, and to, and to, and to hope that, you know, your, your kids then become something else, right? And so I, I thought that that was, you know, it was just good to see a movie that hit really, it just felt really right. And it felt really true about sort of this, you know, what we call the American dream. You know the, the the dream to mm-hmm. to be more, to dream to to want more, and you know, and 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 uh, you know, I I think you know, just seeing films like that now, you know, I think that's I think it's pretty incredible. It's just and it feels very it feels very relatable to a lot of people because I think that's a universal experience in wanting to succeed, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think most importantly, uh, it's. Uh, it's healing. It's you watch it and you go, yeah, like that's, that's what it takes. <laughs> yes. Can feel you. <laughs> exactly. So before wrapping it up, uh, Mr. Kim, the one thing I'm always curious to know from my guest. So what is the one trend that you want to see more evolving in the new world? Or I should say, more embraced in the new era. That's a that's a tough question. Um, you know, <laughs> that's a really one. important <laughs> one. I think, yeah, I can see why you saved that one yeah. for the last. Uh, yeah. So the for me, I really I love social media, but I also hate social media. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, <laughs> ah. I think that what I think I think the reason <laughs> why that is is because. Social media is still a way that we communicate with one another, right? And and, and I think that, mm-hmm. you know, at, at least in America, I think what has been a huge sort of topic of discussion is news, this this notion of fake news, you know, you know, and and, uh, and so I think what the trend and something that I would love to change in the next era is how do we bring how do we bring the 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 dignity of 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 correct or, or of actual fact-based information back to mass media, right? And, and I think that there's a way to do this. Mm-hmm. I think 
I definitely think there's a way to do this, you know, uh, and, you know, I understand that newspaper companies have their agenda, which they shouldn't, right? Because they shouldn't, they shouldn't have their own sort of goals, right? Alternative, ulterior motives. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think that for me, if we can somehow find this perfect medium where this me any media or whatever this media is, they're truly independent and that they are, they are mm -hmm. just sharing information as they are, right? Not to make an opinionated mm -hmm. opinion, <laughs> but you know, this is the news. Yes. This is what happened. Stop there. Don't go more, yes. you know? And so, I don't know. I think that that's something that there's got to be a way, you know, I think that social media actually really, um, you know, stifled this. I think that social media has, it's, it has huge power and, and, you know, and also people just consume information all the time and news all the time through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, you know, it's, and, you know, not many people go back and check if those are true. Right. Uh, so, Kim, sorry. Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but your voice got cut when you said the last word Instagram. So can you oh, start there? Yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. Can you hear me better? Yes, better. Okay. Um, no, I just said that I think that people, when people consume information through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, I, I, you know, I bet you, I don't know, maybe the majority, I feel like the majority would not, but you know, I don't think anyone is going back to then check if this fact is correct by this person that was stated on Twitter or on Instagram, you know? And so we, we kind of have this tendency to sort of share right away. You know, mm -hmm. we see something that's relevant right now, go share it right now on your Instagram story, on your, you know, retweet it, whatever. Uh, I think this very, you know, ephemeral, uh, you know, I must share this now kind of experience i think that is what makes you know social media dangerous so i think there's just got to be a way if we can find a way in which there's some independent something that really helps us to really check what we are being told is valid and is correct and you know what i mean and i mean maybe this itself sounds too ideal but i i really do wish to see a day you know, in a world of data and, and a data, data, you know, data driven world, like how, how, how is it that no one really knows what the truth is? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't know, yes. I think that that's, that's, that's a dilemma. And I hope mm -hmm. to see that hopefully evolve and change. You know, you made the, uh, you made a tremendous answer. And one of uh, guests, one of my friend guests who came on the show and, you know, she shared a similar concern. She was from India. So mm. she the thing that I want to see evolve is the media, uh, right media. So yeah. means that, that took me back to that place. And I really agree with you because, you know, when you said that we need more independent ones who are, who are sharing the right news, who are sharing something that matters to people, not, not to just to make money out of it, just to create a big business out of it but mm -hmm. literally that you know can impact people can change their decision making and most important more than opinionated, opinionated it, it should be you know presented as it was not it's not a movie we really want to exactly. see the real world for the movies <laughs> we have netflix come on so, <laughs> no it's go, true go 
it, it, it just feels like it's curated news, you know, and I yes. think that's what's dangerous is and, and, and it also, you know, it, it, what it, what it also does is then, you know, whatever your political views are, more and more people will then go to go to go to their way and go to their, you know, that side of the world. And so what happens then really is that you have arguments that, you know, that are disruptive and not, you know, I mean, because that's the, that's the whole point for me. I love debates because I get to learn the new side, right? It shouldn't yes. be, it shouldn't be about, it shouldn't be about my side is right. Your side is wrong, you know, and, and, and that's that, <laughs> you know, like, and that's not a discussion, right? Because a debate yeah. should be a discussion, um, you know? And so, yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think that it's actually dividing more people this way. I think that, you know, and everyone knows we're all too consumed with information. And so how is it that, yes. you know, how is it that no one really knows what, you know, even, like, I just think it's really ironic that we're, here's all this data, but we don't know what it's right or what is wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe yes. it's not so ironic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes. So thank you. Thank you, Junyun. It was lovely having you. Got to learn a lot from your industry. <laughs> and thank you so much. No, thank you uh, for, you know, for having me on. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, um, well, first of all, I, I think, uh, you know, be safe. And uh, hopefully uh, when, the, you know, when this is all done, maybe uh, we can all, you know, all meet in person or something. I don't know. <laughs> sure. And you beautiful people, thank you so much for listening. I hope you get some value today and enjoy the episode. If you have ideas, stories to share, you can DM us at the Instagram page of Trending Diary. Also, you can read some interesting blog on trendingdiary.com. Thank you so much again. I wish you a great festive season ahead. And I'll see you soon in the next episode. Till then, stay tuned and God bless us all.